Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is Studio C41 and I'm Bill Manning and we are here for another one-on-one interview and uh, um, all the way across from the Atlantic, we have Paul McKay with Analog Wonderland. How's it going, Paul? Oh, it's going great. Thank you. It's lovely uh, to be here in sunny USA via the magic of uh, video conferencing and and podcasts. (laughs) Well, if I were to open up the window here right now, you'd be looking at Hotlanta because it literally is very hot outside and um, my my electric bill is through the roof and... um, uh, but you cannot put a price on comfort. I don't care how much that air that uh, AC bill is. So, but um, we are not here to talk about the weather here in Atlanta. Uh, we are here to talk about your website. I heard you guys on uh, Sunday Sixteen podcast uh, about a month ago. I want to say when you were opening up. Um, and if you guys have not heard that interview, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a great interview. Um, the the team over there, the Sunbeams, uh, they did an amazing job. Graham, um, Aid, Rach, you guys did an awesome job on that. So I am not going to step on their toes. Um, so we are going to talk about some other different things um, about Analog Wonderland. So, Paul, um, before we get into some of the big announcements that you got to make, uh, let's kind of just reiterate. So how did you get started with, with this website? Well, um, so I think for people who don't know, or haven't seen it yet, then analog Wonderland is a sort of a one-stop shop for film. We stock over 170 different films. It actually, uh, as per the announcements, we're going to be inching a little bit close to the 200 mark, um, in the next 24 hours, but wow. yeah, we've got over 170 films and, and, um the idea being that we are linking together a lot of the independent film manufacturers along with the Kodaks and the Ilfords of the world to make it super easy for people to to buy and stock film no matter no matter where you live and and I mean I've been doing film photography for years now um it started with Polaroid it, it moved um quickly into uh, 35 mil and then and then from there of course as we all know the cameras exploded <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the collection is is overwhelming. And uh, about a year ago, or in the last year, I think in particular, um, I noticed a, a couple of things. I think one is um, I I used to live in, in London, and it's super easy to pick up film from the photographer's gallery or, or lomography store or similar. And then when I moved away from the city, uh, it was it was a lot more difficult. Um, and you had to sort of turn to Amazon to try and buy things which uh you know great retailer and <laughs> you could always buy stuff from them and you know films been through a tough point and you could always get stuff from amazon but they don't care about film right yeah um, it's a it's a product and that's that's okay but what it means is you don't then get support for smaller guys and what we're seeing a lot in the last year in fact 2017 was the record year for new film launches 2018 is already you've got so many films coming out that hopefully we'll break that record again and the tough thing was, though, uh, where you could buy them, because a lot of them you had to go to independent the websites themselves, the manufacturers, and mm-hmm. pay shipping for one lot, one lot. And it, we're trying to bring it all together. That's very cool. It, it, it's really interesting. Um, I, I think you're you're 
hitting on something that has been incredibly difficult, and I'm sure this is probably one of the main reasons why you did it over in the UK, but uh, one of the biggest issues is here in the US, you know, we, we, we don't have a distributor for, say, like Film Ferrania or anything along those lines. We have, um, or even Double Film or something along those lines, like we want to try this film out, but we don't have anywhere to get it from other than directly through um, the, well, we'll just go, we'll go ahead and call them film manufacturers, um, aside from the big names like Fujifilm and, and Kodak. And even then, actually, it's interesting because in the Sunny 16 episode where they went to Ilford, they're talking with the guys there, and I can't mm-hmm. remember which Ilford guy said it, but he said, you know, film, film's gone through this <laughs> a tough decade, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, five or six years ago in particular was really the low point. You've got uh, Kodak going bankrupt. You've got um, yeah. uh, the Impossible Project choking away, but before Instax had really kicked in, and, and it's through that period now. Now you've got Ilford and Kodak both settle in a very different format than they were. Yeah. 30 years ago. You've got Instax developing new film formats. So you've got this this resurgence in the stability of the market. But what hasn't happened is the retail market hasn't kept up. So the offer guy says, you know, that the moment their bottleneck is distribution. Yeah. And trying to find ways of enabling photographers to either find film photography for the first time or 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 refind it, rediscover it with all the cameras that we know are still knocking around and still exceptional. Yeah. Uh, and that's absolutely it. It's, it's trying to try to widen that bottleneck and say, hey, you, you, you want film, whether it's classics or new stuff, you come here, we've got it for you. Yeah, and, you, and it's interesting with Ilford too because I want to say for a very long period in the middle of 2017, uh, Ilford's main distributor here in the U.S. had actually gone under. And so they had the hardest time getting film into the U.S. I remember at a point where I was like, where? So Michael uh, at Dunweedy Photo, he sells film. And I was like, dude, where is this HP5? I need some HP5. He's like, dude, I can't get it right now. I was like, what do you mean you can't get it right now? He's like, the distributor for all of North America went under and we can't we can't get it anywhere and it's too expensive to get it, you know, direct from Ilford. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that. I completely forgot that until you just mentioned it. So, um, that, that's a very good point. They say that, uh, you know, they went through this whole restructure and resizing, um, and now are back in growth and, and bringing back, you know, new products and rebranding, which is fantastic. So they're a lot healthier, but they've, they've turned around and a lot of their partners from the noughties and nineties either don't exist or don't do film anymore or right tied into new areas so they're really questioning and, and that that i know that but that doesn't surprise me that that's happened and another interesting aspect of all that is that when a lot of these film companies that have died it it created a ripple effect because there were companies that made raw materials mm, yes. for, for raw chemicals for making film where you know they're like hey we're not going to be making this emulsion anymore and they're going to say well you know the the manu- or the raw supplier would be like well our entire business was based around you and and they have to close up shop and i think that's a lot of the issues that kodak has been facing with with bringing back ectochrome is that a lot of the materials were not there and so they actually as matt was telling us in the interview that they had to come up with chemical processes to come up with new uh to replace manufacturing processes and i think that's just absolutely amazing and i think uh film alone i think is going through a very technical change as well and and i'm finding this very interesting um 
leading into like the making of film and, and you are going to try to be the one-stop shop um, for all these 170 films. I didn't even know 170 different <laughs> emulsions are available at this point. And you're closely approaching 200 is it boggles my mind. And, and I'm curious, a lot of these smaller companies like um, uh, for example, uh, double, you know, mm-hmm. how and Japan Camera Hunter and Street Candy Film. And I, I guess I kind of know how Street Candy Film is doing it and a little bit about how Japan Camera Hunter is doing it. But like companies like, for example, Film Ferrania, they're mm-hmm. saying, hey, we're going to get back into making film or something along those lines. Like, how are they, how are these small operations getting into making film after seeing? Kodak and seeing the factory floor and how massive it is. I can't even imagine somebody to say, Oh, I'm going to get into the film um, business. Like how, how does one do that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you, you go on eBay and you buy a maker factory. Uh, <laughs> Filmmaker Depot. You're selling a few for cheap at the moment. So uh, no, um, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And this is why I think the, the, all the new new film brands that are coming out or the new products is, is a sign of a really healthy industry because mm. you're having innovation, right? And and you can still get your HP fives, you can still get your portraits, um, and that that will hopefully always continue. But at the same time, you've got people who are now going, well, let's 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 play with some stuff. So we'll get through because there's a loads of loads of different ways. Um, it is very hard to scale Kodak or Ilford down to a small size for sure. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's why you see as well, you know the the prices that they can get and the consistency are exceptional and that that's fine. And there'll always be a place for those guys. But what we are now seeing is we're seeing that the accessibility of small batch production is, is increasing with technology and with digital technology. Mm -hmm. And there's a few ways that people are, are exploring this. So you have people like double, uh, Revlog, Mm -hmm. um, and a new brand we'll talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. um, who basically use digital technology to pre-expose, uh, a base film, mm-hmm. so they take um, maybe it's Kodak Color Plus 200 or something like that, something a basic, excellent uh, mm-hmm. film stuff, and they have different machinery to pull that film out, uh, expose it in certain ways uh, with different light shifts or with different shades or with different uh, imprints or like um, Kono. Uh, I know Revlon, sorry, have ones with, with little cat paws on <laughs> or they have lightning sparks <laughs> and they put electricity through it, oh, and then cool. they wind back in and then they label and they box it and they brand it and, and sell it with the effect um other people have taken film that was never meant to be in 35 mil mm-hmm. so surveillance film or yeah. wide stock or uh, medical stock or uh, surveillance stock and, and they have cut it and sprocketed it and then hand rolled <laughs> yeah so you get 36 exposures plus or minus, you know, uh, generally plus, they tend to be generous and you have, and you have that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have people like Washi who's run by a fantastic guy in France who has some stock that he's reappropriated into new formats and he also hand coats. And the amazing thing with Washi is that wow. he hand coats onto different backing. So he has an incredible film that is best in medium format that he has hand coated the emulsion onto a Japanese paper. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that when you shoot and you scan it, you see the papery texture coming through the image, almost like grain, but texture, mm-hmm. uh, fabric texture. And he's done it that way. 
So you have these people who are using different things. Then finally, Piranha, which is an incredible story. Um, mm. It's covered in a bit more detail in the book Revenge of Analog, which I, I highly recommend. Mm. And, and what they did it was a huge Italian film manufacturer, um, one of the biggest European ones. Um, it went under with a lot of others. Um, and they had a huge site in, in the town, Piranha, um, with a factory of the scale of Kodak of Ilford. Now the guys who've taken that over now, that brand and that that uh, that production, couldn't afford to buy the whole plot, and also wouldn't have needed a factory that big. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the the site had on uh, within it was they had a building that had offices and an R and D smaller machinery that was used, designed for small batches, test batches, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They bought that. They've got the spare parts from the main factory, and they are recreating it and keeping it back up and running on the small scale and it's this to be one of the only ones in the world where back in the day this big company said we need a small machine for film sure for small batches and thank god they did because now they're using that as the basis yeah that's wow i i did not realize i've never really thought about i i guess i thought about it for a little bit and then never really gave it much thought as far as like how these you know, smaller operations that are getting started. And, um, and it's, it's pretty interesting to, to hear, you know, somebody taking film and then, you know, running electricity through it. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's incredibly creative. And, um, and I, I can't wait to, to get my hands on, on this film. So, um, you opened up in the UK and, um, how, how has it been since the grand opening? It's been honestly fantastic. I mean, mm. the, we've been blown away. I think by the the response of the of the community, and uh, not only in the, the visits and sales, for which of course we are always grateful, but also the messaging, the sharing, the support, the the things that people are offering to just help get word out there mm-hmm. has been amazing. And and I like to think that part of that is because we are genuinely filling a niche and yeah. and allowing more people to access more films, which is good for all of us. Um, and and two, it's because this community is amazing, and, uh, yeah. and we say it a lot. Uh, but it's it's incredible, and and I sort of we joke a little bit because the across the opening weekend, so many comments, so many orders, so many so many uh, messages. The negative ones mm-hmm. uh, were people saying, "Oh man, I got to check out, then I realized you didn't ship to the US." <laughs> <laughs> we went on air and I said honestly before we, we we launched and before we we knew we tested it in you know real 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 sales and and, and shoppers u.s expansion was on our list mm. it, it always has been of course uh so many of these names that in fact all of them i've just talked kono washi revelog double uh cosmo photo uh street candy washi mm. um sorry for the ones i'm forgetting they're all european yeah manufacturers. um and what we saw from what people were saying was that uh, it's difficult or impossible to get hold of those unless you're, you're very lucky mm. or you're willing to go around every website and then pay individual postage on everything. Yeah. Um, so people were really, so we've worked hard over the last two months to bring away that we can get film across to America and Canada um, at a reasonable price with, with, with our packaging that is very well received and, and post spots friendly, um, and, and tracking as well, tracking and, 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 uh, signed within that. So it's really unlocking that for us, but it's been fantastic to see the response. 
That's that's absolutely awesome to hear that uh, the the response has been primarily positive. I, I think I wouldn't take it so negative that people were upset with um, <laughs> not being able to get it here in the U.S. because I think that also demonstrated and brought the attention to you as well that people over here really do want it and that there is a legitimate problem in getting that film over here. And, um, and I'm really excited because yeah, you're right. I mean, if I need, if I want to get double film, you know, um, I'm going to have to order it through them and I'm going to still have to pay large amounts of shipping across different brands. So to be able to compile that down, to one shipment in one order, I think is, it's a huge benefit alone for us as well, to and be honest thing, with you. No, no, exactly. And, and I hope that is the other thing though. Um, and this is where, um, my background is, is in, is in retail. Um, the one thing that I've, I've said to all of these guys as well, when I'm talking to them is in the nicest possible way, I don't want them to be having to sell their own film through their own websites. I mean, sure. of course it's, it's their choice and, and it, right. But, I want them to be <laughs> in the kitchen, in the lab, in the fa- like working on new emulsions. Because right. uh, what's amazing is not only the products they're creating, but the brands are like Cosmo Photo, that Soviet-inspired, mm. gorgeous, gorgeous brand. You've got um, uh, one coming tomorrow, which is just um, rainbow glittery. Who, who, all right, let's let's go ahead and name drop it. Who was who? Okay. Who is it? Who is it? So we've got Yodica. Yodica, Yodica are coming. As also we're, we're recording this Thursday night, Friday morning. So by the time this goes live, it will be available for purchase, shipping to the U.S. and Canada. And it is a beautiful brand. So it's these um, uh, a couple, actually, a young couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a film photographer. She is a designer. <laughs> they got together. Uh, and one of the things, of the, the happy results of their relationship has been this brand. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just incredible. Um, so yeah, and, and as I talked to them, I talked to them just as they were looking at even starting their Instagram page. And I said, mm-hmm. look, obviously go down the route of, of the web, of your own website. That's fine. We're about to launch this. So when you're ready, let us take care of the, the shipping, the retail, the marketing, letting people know about it. Yeah. You guys carry on doing what you're doing, which is <laughs> creating new films. Yeah. Because I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very solid point, I believe, because um and i think it comes down to editing like for a photographer and editing like you have your professional photographers where their workload their job is to photograph and they they offset or outsource the editing process because for every hour or a minute that you're editing that's an hour or a minute of you not taking photos or not growing your business so i think it's actually a very smart move for a lot of these companies to, to work with you and say, you know, here, let me help you out with getting this out to, to the world. Um, and, and they're, it's increasing their penetration into us markets even by. Exactly. Cause they can, you know, they can just ship me a hundred units, um, that they, they make all as one batch maybe or over a few days. Um, and then they get back to either testing new things or building their brand through Instagram and Facebook and, yeah. and, you know, podcasting and all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, in the meantime, the people are just going to the website and, and, and my team are managing then that whole, uh, logistics and, and, and side that frees up their time. 
Yeah. Um, and, and on the plus side, we then get to spend our lives surrounded by film. So everyone's. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you brought up uh, an interesting um, aspect and topic that I, I'm kind of curious to ask. Um, how how are you coordinating at like mm. the, the logistics of just coordinating with 200 different emulsions? I mean, I couldn't imagine like like you, we heard on the podcast, Sunny 16, that. You know, originally this was not your this you this is not your day job, right? It's still not my day job. It's sadly. still not. Oh my god! Hey, everyone in the US uh, stocks up on uh, <laughs> Ilford and Double, then maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So how how are you guys coordinating this? I mean, like, what's the operation looking like right now? So it's um, we're a pretty small team, but um, but what we have is we have a. A few different people who, again, specializing, um, mm. allows us to be really agile. So we, the one person who is full-time is is our head of logistics and customer service, uh, Mary, who um, if anyone has any problems with their orders or any questions, she'll be the one who's who's helping you out. And she's fantastic. Mm. Um, and she's got an incredible system with uh, fridges, obviously, with mm. film. Fridges to keep things um, uh, to keep things. Uh, um, and then she manages everything on the orders coming in and out and, 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 and that, that goes seamlessly. And at the same time, then we link up to make sure that, um, and then I interact predominantly with the suppliers mm-hmm. uh, and then the marketing and the sales and things like that. So, and then we have people who help with, the um, the design things like that side mm-hmm. and, and a few others as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's a small team, um, mm-hmm. but we're putting everything into it. Well, small at the moment, shall we say? Again, let's let's hope sure. for the future. But we're putting everything into it here because what we're trying to do and achieve, like we love not a. I made the joke on Sunny Sixteen, but I'm going to reuse it. Like this is not some get rich quick. This is a, a get poor slowly. <laughs> yeah, that no, that's true. That's that's very true. Um, we're not we're not we're not trying to turn a fast buck on a on a community and then disappear. Like mm. one of the things I talk about constantly with the suppliers is. We, we want to help make it easy for you guys to, to make new films, to make better films, to improve your processes and, and, and get it into the hands of more film photographers. Because we know that when people use these films and then get the results, they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we think that's going to spread. That's awesome. Now, um, now that you guys now that you guys are focusing in on the U.S. markets, I guess. What are some of the difficulties that you're facing right now with getting this film into the U.S.? I mean, I, I can't imagine the difficulties that you guys are dealing with as far as shipping. I mean, how, how are you guys going to accomplish that? So, yeah, exactly. And that's that's frankly been the biggest barrier to us not doing this earlier has been we we did not want to open up shipping options to the U.S. Despite the you know healthy pressure from the very start mm-hmm. until we were sure that it was going to um, until we could show we could do it in a way that was uh, not ruinously expensive, and and two that we could guarantee that the film ended up with people. I mean, uh, I hope I'm not if I say that the U.S. postal system has a, a poor reputation in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the success rates of uh, of delivery, from what I was hearing, were not uh, were, were not going to allow us to offer a good service. Put it that way. So mm-hmm. we spent two months, and actually, there's been a couple of people who have very kindly. <laughs> volunteered to um to test for us so we've had some test people putting things through and then feeding back on how quickly things arrived how mm. reliable it was you know all of that kind of thing so what we're what we're doing at the moment 
Um, we'd love, obviously, to move across and have a distribution center in North America. That's not possible financially yet. Mm-hmm. But we want people to experience and enjoy these films. So what we're doing is we're saying uh, we will do tracked and signed delivery for £10, which I think is uh, between 13 and $15, depending on mm-hmm. um, the, the exchange rate. Sure. Um, up to £75. Uh, beyond that, the rate drops and eventually it gets to free. All the details are on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that comes, as I say, in our, in our, in our nice little packaging and, and you get a few films together and hopefully that allows people to, as I say, access films that they haven't been able to to use before. Awesome. Now, um, I guess during the whole checkout process, will, will people, I guess U.S. people deal with U.S. dollars or will they have to worry about like exchange conversions and stuff like that? Oh, no, no, no. So you can, yeah. you, you can see it all in dollars. Okay, awesome. That's very cool. That's honestly, I don't think um, ten British pounds is not all that terribly bad in, in the grand scheme of where it's coming from, um, <laughs> um, and and uh, how much it has to travel. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I, if I'm going to stock up on a lot of film, I think I think that would be absolutely beneficial. I mean. Hey, if you stock up on a yeah. lot of film, we'll, we'll drop the price there. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I don't see, I, I can only see this being incredibly beneficial because, I mean, you know, if I'm going to order from three or four different filmmakers over there, then, you know, I'm going to be paying, you know, the the rates for each individual order. So to combine, to combine them all into one order, I think, I think it's not bad at all, to be honest with you. So no, that's no, really no, great no. to hear. What we're adding in as well is with that that gets you uh, tracked and signed and yeah. as dispatched, you will get uh, an email with that number so that you you see it because again we wanted to make sure that, that that completion rate and that success rate of getting you the film. So the service we're looking at um, uh, is is going to be with you within seven to ten working days, and you will be able to see it all the way from leaving the headquarters to uh, <laughs> turning up turning up at your front door, and that and that as well isn't. Uh, you know, we're not making money on the postage, put it that way. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no. I, I, we're trying to make it nice and round and simple, but uh, there's a bit of a hit. But we unfortunately, we obviously couldn't take. It. Sure. No, no. That that makes perfect sense. I'm curious about, uh, you said that you were doing some test shipments and stuff like that. I guess how long, uh, what are you guys looking for as far as times between like somebody that's in East Coast and then somebody that's all the way West Coast? Like what, what are those delivery times looking like? Well, at the moment, so the um, the fastest one was a, a Canada one that was there within five working days, mm. um, which we're not promising every time. Sure, <laughs> sure. We were everyone was pleasantly surprised when that happened. <laughs> but, uh, that's the fastest one we've seen so far. Um, we're we're seeing, as I said, we are seeing between seven and ten working days. It mm-hmm. it might go over, but again, mm-hmm. with with signed and tracked, fortunately, you can see it exactly there. Sure. Um, the East and West Coast, there isn't as much variation as you might expect. Actually, really. Five-hour flights on a seven to ten working days isn't the big problem. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> it tends to be the local. It, what is it? You know, the last hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's interesting. Miles, but yeah. If, you, if your local postal system uh, holds on to it for a couple of days, there's <laughs> right. Now, are you guys having any issues with people like customs like cutting into it into the boxes and inspecting on those or anything along those lines? Like, um. I'm trying to remember, like, for example, I've ordered some uh, old Kodak E100VS um, that came from, um, I want to say it was, uh, came from Hong Kong. 
and the box was just like mauled just because it, and I had little labels in it saying that it was inspected and all that stuff. And uh, I was like, holy cow. So I don't know. Um, like, have you guys been seeing any issues with customs like going through with it? Or I guess, will the customer have to worry about uh, custom fees or any of that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, we can't cover local duties and taxes. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Financially and logistically, mm-hmm. um, so it depends on on the local rules on that side. On mm-hmm. on the inspections, no, we haven't seen anything like that so far. Now, of okay. course, we all know that customs is not an exact science. Sure. <laughs> if a particular officer decides that they particularly dislike film photographers, then mm-hmm. uh, we can't legislate that. But of course, you know, if there are any problems, you get in touch with us and we will fix it. Okay. That is a commitment, Very and that cool. is what you get from us every time. Very cool. Well. I'm trying to think, I guess um, you have a lot of these different names and I'm, I'm looking at through the website here. And I mean, I, and I think um, Graham got very uh, excited on APS. Um, <laughs> t- tell me a little bit more. Let's expand a little bit more on, on the APS conversation because I didn't think APS existed to be honest <laughs> with you. I didn't think it existed anymore. Well, one of the things that we um, we said right from the start was we wanted to stop film that was uh, still being produced. So there's mm-hmm. obviously a huge expired market mm-hmm. that um, the prices are all over the place. The quality is is variable, and we wanted to support uh, people who are still making film rather than make money from you know historic stuff. The one exception, the one exception we had to make was APS, and the reason we made that exception is because nobody makes it. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to touch it, but. Mm-hmm. But there are still film cameras out there, and we're saying we need to make it fun and accessible for everyone. If someone sat there with, and then of course there's the emotion. I mean, my first proper 35 mil camera was my uh, father-in-law's after he died, mm-hmm. um, and that that means so much to me that I have that camera that I can use. It's not, it is, it's beautiful. It's an Olympus OM one, so it is gorgeous, but it doesn't sit on the shelf just looking pretty. It goes with me places, and I yeah. take shots. And and someone got in touch saying, you know. Um, I have this amazing APS camera. Mm. I know there's no new. Can you help me out? And I said, you know what? We, we no camera left behind. That's what we said. He said no camera left behind. So we have got some APS in. I admit it is not flying out the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking but, about it. So if any, and yeah, the US yeah, market is much larger. So um, I need to Google like, the forum like, where all the APS camera guys go and hang out together. Uh, yeah. But, but if you do have a camera and you want to, get it out and, and teach someone how to use it or just play with it yourself. We mm. have that. Very cool. And, I, and I'm looking again, I'm, I'm still going through the website and I'm looking at uh, a lot of the different formats. You know, you have instant, uh, a lot of 35 millimeter, 127. Um, and I'm going through here, but what caught my eye is you have 16 millimeter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's talk about this one a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> curious what, um, yeah, uh, so you have Lomography X-Pro film, 16 millimeter color ISO 200. Um, let, let's hear about this. I'm, I'm really interested in the, <laughs> over this. Well, again, this is a, this is one that is, it's, it's another niche, mm-hmm. but we, again, yeah, back to our principles. We want to make sure that anyone who's looking for photographic film can come and fill their boots with us. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that I've seen. Well, we've seen quite a lot of over the last year or two is people's interest has diversified. So mm-hmm. where 
two years ago, you talk about film photography, you're most likely to be talking 35 mil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas these days you could be talking dry plates. You could be talking uh, large format bellows, cameras, uh, new ones. Uh, You could be talking Instax. And even then you'd have three different sizes to talk from. Um, And and people are starting to now talk about movie uh, film. And what's helped is films like Cinestill, which Mm -hmm. is old movie film. And that is based on stocks that were used by Tarantino, that's been used by Scorsese, uh, the Coen brothers, who have all incidentally come out as well in the last two years saying we need to keep making film. And I think Kodak talked about that, didn't they, as well, the fact they still do a lot of their business there. So I think people are learning, cutting their teeth on 35mm, and then depending on on their creative needs or expressions or journey, they then move maybe to creative 35 mils and the double and the revlog or mm-hmm. highly technical stuff, or they go large format or they try instat or they, they, they start to move into movie. And we want to be sure that again, if people have those cameras and want to try stuff, I mean, that is a gorgeous film. If you have a camera that can take that, that is a gorgeous film. That's really cool. Cause I, uh, about two weeks ago I did a, um, workshop with Kodak um, here in Atlanta. So we actually have a motion picture um, processing lab uh, in Atlanta and they do, I I don't know if you know this or not, but the walking dead does their filming in 16 millimeter. Yes. Yes. And um, so it was really cool to actually go down. They did a workshop. We got to uh, learn how to load the airy magazines and stuff like that. Um, and it, it was just absolutely thrilling. And to be honest with you, it was, I, I looked at it going, you know what? This was an awesome experience. I probably will stick to stills. <laughs> um, but I mean, a lot of the concepts stayed the same, um, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those, like, I guess wanting to move into video and stuff like that. There's so much that goes into like making a production and being able to tell a story continuously with, you know, um, it's a lot of work and, um, I don't have the patience to be honest with you to, to, (laughs) to, to to put a motion picture like that. Like I want to do it and then, you know, get it done and then move on to the next thing quickly as possible. Photography, uh, video, video series shot on film photography. This is it. It would take you know, I it we we've talked I've talked to Steven about this about uh if and when um the Super 8 camera comes out and we can get our hands on the Ectochrome Super 8 film. Um okay. I would I would not mind doing a episode or something. Um, you know, we'd have to get a lot of film. But um it would it, it would be I mean three minutes per cartridge, you know. I I, I guess there's gonna have to be a lot of one take wonders. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't, I would be really interested in trying it out at least. Um, so yeah, exactly that. Um, I think it's, in fact, I think, um, on Sunny 16, Rach was talking about this, that even when, when she was, she shot on film and then editing physical editing. Yeah. So I heard about that. Really cutting the film and sellotaping it back. And again, while still to your points, telling a compelling story and yeah. making sure that all your still technical abilities still coming through. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's absolutely, I didn't even know Lomography made 16 mil. I mean, it, it makes sense now that I think about it, you know, but you know, it's, it's really cool to see, to see this on your website as well. So, um, I mean, you have color black and white 
instant film, infrared, red scale. I still have my Lomo red scale from um, when, when I did my talk with uh, the photographer. And, oh, nice. and I still have not shot it. I'm actually uh, oh, going to be going downtown in a couple of weeks. So I'll probably go ahead and throw that into my bag because um, I, I was telling Chris Gampett that uh, I said, you know, it's got a very post-apocalyptic feeling to it. So I'm just kind of like, that's the only thing I can, can come up with. And I, it's so out there, but I'm, I'm actually really excited to try that out. So no, definitely. And, and it, you play around with the, you set it at different exposures and you get more and less of that apocalyptic. So yeah, definitely check it out and, and you can go full on, full on walking dead. Yeah. That, that would be really cool. So, um, so we, we know about the Lomography red scale. Um, th- so the other big one is, uh, the Kono, uh, Rottweiled. What, I guess when you're getting your hands on all these films and you've got sample images for all these, right? Mm-hmm. That's how long, like how difficult was that process? I mean, <laughs> like, I, I guess the images that you took are not just like, you know, Hey, you just stand against this wall and let me take a picture of you. I mean, like you actually, I'd say that these images are tastefully done and actually well thought out. Um, and nicely shot. Um, I mean, how how did you guys go through that process and saying, okay, we got this film. This is what we're going to shoot with it. That's that's a, a it's a brilliant question because when we were right at the start designing what we thought uh, this website should look like to be able to help people navigate, and obviously you spend time uh, making sure you've got the right filters and that. But the the big the wonderful thing about film is that you have 170 different films you get 170 different results um and that is the main well that is the difference right like they they, 35 mil canisters are the same and that's that's why they they're compatible but it's that final image that's so important so we we knew that sample images needed to be on there oh absolutely yeah Um, and and that's that's the that's the benefit as well of of an internet shop rather than a, a, a physical shop is it's difficult for the physical shop to then have three or four different images sort of under each film. So you can, so it's, and, and you know, you, you, you hover over them and they immediately show. So you immediately start to get a feel for what, what appeals to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a huge endeavor. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> huge endeavor. And I think it fell into three areas that actually, you know, it was really two. And ironically, but amazingly, but you know what the toughest Films to try and get sample images for what? Fuji, <laughs> like really by a long way. So you know, I speak to um, Adam from Double, say, or yeah. or, or Lomig from Washington. I say, hey guys, have you got sample images that you re- that you think really best show your film, mm. right? And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll you know send over twenty, choose the ones that you think are you know, and, and then I look at them and we we decide as a team which ones best seem to encapsulate that that film's usage and, and results and and that was all reasonably straightforward it's a lot of work but that but of course that's that's fine and um, mm-hmm. you get to fuji and you, and you email fuji <laughs> and you get no response and you go on their website and, and they have no sample photos of their own films and you end up and we end up going to the community so Flickr, yeah um, be able to search for people who have said, look, you can you can use this with with attributes. So wherever that's happened, obviously there are links mm-hmm. and attributes and things. We've ended up going to Flickr for those ones because um, 
yeah, we couldn't get them from <laughs> the big guys. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a, I think it's such a, it's not that surprising, but it's quite an old fashioned way of thinking about it because I think they sit there and they go, hey, well, we know how Velvia looks. We know how HP5 looks. It, has, it hasn't changed for years, right? Sure. And guys, there's people who are now 20, 25 who have never even seen someone use film photography. Sure. They have no emotional connection with HP5 or Velvia and they have no idea what it looks like. They're still mm-hmm. finding out slide is versus a negative so it's crazy that that you you are assuming people have a knowledge that not necessarily there yeah uh, that, that so, yeah. that's uh that's a little disappointing to hear and you know and, and everything is such a toss-up right now with with fuji i i i don't want to talk about it because it's it's just a broken record at this point <laughs> but you know I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully something changes. I don't know what will what's coming down with the Fuji, but I, you know, every, anybody's guess is there is a good theory, I guess. So, but um, how do we find you? How do we find your website? Um, are you on the interwebs? Well, clearly you're on the interwebs, but your social medias and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the um, obviously the other really big job expanding to the US apart from the shipping was. Um, how on earth are we going to help people spell analog in a UK way? <laughs> the right way. The right and way. After, and after deciding not to enter into a debate about which is the right way, we said, <laughs> you know what, script. So you can spell analog the American way or the UK way, and you end up with us. So you type in analog wonderland uh, into into Google or Bing, and you, you come to us. Um, <laughs> The and then yeah we are probably most active on on Instagram and Twitter um so you search try and log one land and we'll pop up you can also find through the website I'd also uh, highly recommend signing up to the mailing list if you if you're interested in new films because that's what we'll always announce first okay. on the mailing list so uh, you know Yojo coming out we've got more films in the pipeline you'll see more brands you'll see more emotions from people you already know. Um, we've got uh, an incredible competition coming up with Kodak next week. Um, and yeah, the main list is where you find out things first, but you know, there's no pressure. And, and if, if Instagram, Twitter is your thing, that's fine. We're on Facebook as well, which we, we do check daily. So whatever floats your boat. Very Apart from MySpace, we have no MySpace profile. Oh man. Serious. I know. That's so okay. disappointing. Um, dang. <laughs> All right, cancel the business. No, yeah, that's it. It's a, it's over. Um, well, cool. All right. Well, Paul, um, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's incredibly late over there for you. And um, um, I just want to say thank you for taking your time for hopping on and talking about this, your website and finally coming into the U.S. markets. I'm really excited um, to to be able to have access to all these or easier access to these websites or to these different emulsions. And um, I'm really excited. I'm definitely going to be uh, placing an order uh, on some film. So hopefully my wife didn't hear that. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, Paul, normally I've been asking everybody um, on my one-on-one interviews, um, is there a question that I have not asked you that you would have wanted me to ask you during this interview? That is a great question that I've heard you ask everyone else. <laughs> I really should have prepared better. I think I'm I'm surprised uh, that you haven't asked me what is my favorite film. Ooh, 
Uh, well, I mean, for all of your different customers, wouldn't it be all of your all of them? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. What would it? Still <laughs> corner here, but I will guarantee to upset most of my suppliers. This is no, no, no. So I will, I will bravely go out there and risk the wrath of everyone. I mean, I had said, and in go on Instagram and you can see where our preferences tend to sit or the films that seem to come up quite a lot. I must say that uh, Portra 160 for me, yeah, is a that's always in the bag, like always. Um, Velvia 50 for, for, for sunny holidays is also always useful. But then I have really, really enjoyed uh, all the creative films coming out. So Double, I absolutely love it. The Revelog and the Kona as well, um, I can't get enough of. And I'm super excited about Yoriko coming as well. So for me, I think it's a mix of, of a bit of classic. Sure. Uh, and then going crazy with the colors. Yeah, no, it, you, you bring up a very good point. Um, uh, it, it's great having those safe films where we just know Kodak and Fuji and those are going to deliver um, just those classic looks that you just can't get away from. Um, and as I, you know, a lot of the listeners here, I've only been in film for, you know, f- four years. Right. So my world has been discovering and learning how understanding how film operates. Um, consistently right you know because we can talk about oh well we know portra 400 if you really wanted to have that nice look to it you want to expose it at 320 like you know we everybody's now kind of getting that common knowledge and then you know i'm like okay great i'm i feel safe right and then and then we i i personally like to throw a wrench in my process and learn something new and i think it's really cool that we have all these different types of emulsions where you don't know what you're going to get, you know? And uh, I think that allows creative people to be even more creative um, and, and really take risks um, out there because if you get safe and and you get stuck in a process, you know, and that, and that's perfectly fine if that's, you know, your world and that's what you want to do. But I, I find the, the photographers most interesting and most appealing to me are the ones that are really out there. And like, for example, uh, like Jordana Dale, um, uh, we've had her on our Instagram and on our show and, and she loves to play with these types of emulsions. And so, um, it, I find her work incredible and she loves to play with this stuff. So I'm, yeah. I'm getting into that myself. No. And the other one is, um, and I'll give a shout the film freak. So, with two e's um kate is the mastermind behind yes. that genius i mean it's the stuff that she does is unbelievable and she films hoops as well yeah so she creates her films and she goes hey this is this is too easy <laughs> but what she gets <laughs> is consistency is the wrong word because each image is just mind-blowingly unpredictable but sure. then take a step back and she she does she creates projects of unpredictability that still hang together and i'm i'm in awe of that because she's found a way to totally, you know, break the shackles of, of what you would expect yet mm. still deliver an end result that is visually very appealing. And sure. um, and that's amazing. It is. It absolutely is. So, um, well, we usually close out with, uh, shoot some film dang it. I don't know if you can give me a hand and, uh, help me out with that. Do I do, do I do a British version of this or do I join you in the, uh, uh, let's see here. So the last time we had our friendly Brit was um, M, 
with Emulsive, yeah. and he gave us a Texas Cowboy um, <laughs> uh, shoot some film, dang it. So I will leave oh, it up to you. Right. So I, maybe we won't do a French accent. I know uh, the UK is a little butt hurt right now. Um, oh, man. Uh, we're not going to bring that up. We're not going to bring oh, that man. up with the World Cup. So, so I, I really genuinely feel sorry for the England. If I so. could walk out of a podcast interview, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll quickly bring this up. I had a hashtag ready to go if England had beaten Croatia. It would have right. been Vive l'Angleterre, which is long live England in French. And I was going to do that hashtag, but uh, unfortunately, that's not going <laughs> to happen. I was thoroughly disappointed. So uh, it's OK. It's OK. Uh, I'm rooting for Croatia, to be honest with you now, um, because I always love an underdog. So, yes. Anyway, so I will let you choose how you would like to say shoot some film dang it no 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 I, we're on the american show i will <laughs> embrace it so shoot some film dang it yes all right well paul thank you again sir for uh, coming on to the show i really enjoyed having this conversation and i cannot wait to see you open up in the u.s so thank you again and we will see you guys on the next episode